Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join with me are my co-host, Joseph. Hello. Jay Hugh. What's up? Isn't that what you You know, I forgot to do a a new catchphrase there. Do we need to try a new catchphrase? Uh, But, uh, you know, I was was maybe going with It's a Me Mario, but we'll just go forward. (laughs) Yep. Uh, We're going to be discussing Spider-Man Far From Home. I have not seen this movie, but I do think I can summarize it pretty well. Uh, Peter goes on a school trip to Europe when he's pulled into a mysterious plot with Nick Fury, Maria Hill, and the new mysterious Mysterio, uh, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. And uh, some twists and turns happen, and things go in unexpected ways. Samuel Jackson, Kobe Smulders, Tom Holland, Zendaya. I don't know if there are other people. Marissa Tomei is probably so in at some many point. people. Yeah, John Favreau, that guy from Freaks and Geeks. Are we sure I haven't seen this movie? Is that not John Favreau? John no, Favreau the, wasn't in Freaks and Geeks. No, the, the the guy. He's also from. Uh, oh, the teacher guy. Yeah, the teacher guy. Oh, Martin yeah. Starr. Yeah, Martin, Martin Starr. Star. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So let's start with the, the movie is directed by John Watts, who, who also directed Homecoming. Who also directed Homecoming, but also directed two movies I I had meant to see and haven't seen. Uh, Cop Car. Yep. Good. With, hear hear with good things. Kevin Bacon. And a movie called Clown, which is about a cursed clown outfit that you can't take off. Like it becomes part of your that body. That sounds horrifying. That also sounds like a Spider-Man villain. He has, a lot of sp- he has a lot of villains who are trapped in outfits. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Very scorpion kind yeah. of, yeah. Yeah, so we got uh, we got all the people that you just mentioned. I uh, got uh, Martin Starr and JB Smoove. Yeah, that's who. JB Smoove. Yeah, that's... who I fucking like. If that's the best school on the planet, if both of those guys <laughs> right, are there, right. I'm, I'm gonna try his name. Jacob is it Batalon? But whatever the guy who plays Ned. Yeah, who's I good? I, I want to learn his name mm. because he's good and I like him. He deserves credit. And also uh, Tony Revolori, who was originally from uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. And is now Flash Thompson in, in the Spider-Man. Series. I had not recognized that was the same guy. Yeah. That's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. He's really great at it. Yeah. So yeah, like uh, you hit us with the basic synopsis. What's uh what's everybody's initial reactions here? I know well, Ian really liked it. Yeah, gonna, Ian did really like I'm gonna say Ian's opinion. Okay. He really liked it. Um uh, you know, my first thought just from seeing the trailer on this before even seeing it is this is the most well-funded public school in America. Oh, for <laughs> sure. They went to Washington in the last one. They do a European tour this year. The Marvel Universe is obviously a much better universe to, to live in because, you know, a uh, school with that much representation, a public school, yeah. just is not funded that well, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I liked this movie a whole lot. Uh, you know, I was not super into a lot of the supporting cast in the last one. I liked the movie a lot, but I didn't feel those guys nailed it. I feel like in this one, they nailed it. How did you feel about Z- Zendaya gets a much bigger role, MJ? Z- Zendaya did. And you know what? The first part of the movie, I was like, oh, shit, she's still holding in that fart. Uh-huh. But, uh, I mean, to be fair, that is kind of her character. But, you know, about, I'd say about a third of the way in, she really becomes like a character, and she's and you really get into the romance of the two of them. Yeah, I can say from on that particular note, for me, and this is as a guy who's never actually read any comic in his right. fucking life. Uh, MJ has never been a particularly interesting character, right? Uh, she always kind of seems like more of a prop character for Spider-Man, or has historically. Well, definitely in the movies. And they, yeah. the thing is, they've never really done her in the as she is in the comics because she's a 
a lot wilder yeah. in, in the in the comics. Well, uh, so recently I finished playing. Have you ever played the the, the Marvel Spider-Man game? I haven't. Yet. That story is an incredible Spider-Man story. Right on. Um, and you got you got missions where you play as Mary Jane, which are usually the worst missions. Right. But she's a really interesting character. Right. Um, in the in the in the game, and so you're really into it. And this is also like it's a completely different character from this MJ, right? Right. Um, but I feel like the last two years have done a lot for Mary Jane MJ in in the uh, right in the Spider-Man universe right, for right, me. Right. Uh, so yeah, no, I I really like some of the choices there. I just wanted to say Laura Bailey's Mary Jane in the Spider-Man video game. She is. You know, without without getting into too much spoilers about this movie, I I don't really participate in a lot of social networking and. And the last thing I still hold on to is like a comic book message board I've dicked around with since the early aughties. And, you know, a lot of like dyed in the wool geeks are like, oh, this isn't really Spider-Man. He's not wallowing in responsibility all the time and stuff. And I just don't agree with that. I think he's very Spider-Man-y. I don't think you've got to do monologues about Uncle Ben at all times just to, <laughs> you know, just to show that you're trying to. I think... You know, he nailed the power and responsibility part in his in Civil War. So he really hasn't had to go back and talk about that much. And I actually wonder, I almost wonder, does this Spider-Man have an Uncle Ben? It's very open-ended, but we know that the briefcase had his initials on it. All right. Yeah. But that's really the only kind of reference. Because in this movie, it almost is like they're trying to angle into maybe Tony Stark is his uncle, is his uncle Ben. Like, yeah. you know... He definitely the journey he goes through in this comes from a lesson he learns from from Tony. So I thought that was cool. So yeah, it, it's interesting because to me, both of both of the Spider-Man movies, um, but especially this one, are a lot more about Peter Parker being Peter Parker right. than like you know necessarily like a Spider-Man adventure. And so this one is is so much of, uh, especially comparatively to uh, Far From Home, it's a lot more of the the balancing you know. I have all this responsibility of the hero, but I just want to be a kid and I right. want to live my life. Uh, there's the heavy element of he just really wants to. I was about to say he really wants to fucking do something, Mary Jane, and then I almost just said he wants to fuck Mary Jane. <laughs> uh, but he, they you know, don't get into that. Now they, you you just said it. I did. Right. Uh, but no, he, like he, you know, he's really really got a, a thing for, and he's really trying to make that happen. Mm-hmm. But you know, responsibility keeps right. getting in the way, and also since Tony's died, he's looking for. On another father figure, right. of which this movie is fucking lousy with. Right. So let's talk about uh, Jake. Well, oh, good. I was going to ask: Is it better or worse than Transformers? Uh I think it's way better than Transformers. Oh, I think it's way better than Transformers. I, I it's one that. that's really making me real of re- reevaluate my Marvel list. I haven't seen this movie, but I'm going to say it's better than Transformers. Um, <laughs> what did Ian say? I don't remember. I think Ian thinks it's better than Transformers. He didn't think it was better than Transformers. <laughs> I am. I would be really interested to go into this movie. I know everyone at this table had a hard time biting on the Mysterio thing. Right. Because we all know who fucking Mysterio right. is. Um, but I, you know, you know, there there are plenty of people these days who read all the shit, who know all the comic book shit, who go in. But there's also a large percentage of moviegoers who don't know any of this shit. This right. is their first Marvel movie they've ever fucking seen right. in their life. I'd really love to know how that sells. Like the, the Jake Gyllenhaal Mysterio thing sells to someone right. who's never seen it. Right. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to go too far into the, the spoilery things. But, you know, there's definitely clear that... I mean, it's clear even in the trailers to me that he's not all necessarily what he appears to be. Right. Well, I mean, his name is Mysterio. Right. Um, you know, um, I, one thing I like about him and that I, I will say is, um, you know, in the last one, uh, Michael Keaton was 
super relatable, almost to the point where you were rooting for him as yeah. time. That's never a problem with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, He's, yeah. You know, like, and I think that's great. Ian really liked Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio. He did, that's true. He said it was one of the top Marvel villains. He put it up there with Killmonger and Thanos and Loki, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I think I think I got gonna, you, buddy. It, <laughs> it's so funny because if you've watched any of the press tour of the two of, of him and uh, and Tom Holland together, I feel like their real life relationship is really similar to the Mysterio Peter Parker relationship right. that they're trying to foster. There, kind of, it's like older brother, kind of fatherly relationship. Right. You know, kind of father son, kind of like cool older brother trying to like you know guide him along, kind of thing. Um, but whereas Peter sees them more as, like, equals hanging out. Right. Mysterio slash Jake Gyllenhaal in real life is very aware that he is the clear, like, dominant, you know, he's the alpha right. in this in this right. relationship. But um, that, that also, if he plays to his vanity some, uh, it will further him. Yeah. You know, yeah, totally. I'm hit and miss on Gyllenhaal mm-hmm. as a whole in his career, but I think this is one of his best turns. Oh, totally. Big action sequences... Uh, we, we fight in all the big European cities, but I, you know, I don't know. The, the action sequences weren't the best to me. I, 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 there, I really liked the, the first one, the Venice one. Yeah. The very last one, which I guess I won't say till we get to spoilers where yeah. it was, but, uh, but I found it to be hard to follow. Sure. You know, there, it was, there was a lot going on and not always in a good way. That's definitely true. Yeah, there's something there's something to me about taking New like Spider-Man out of New York that even like with other cool urban environments right. it just didn't it just didn't connect with me as much. Right. And maybe it is the way that it was cut. Definitely some of the jumping effects did not look as great in this movie as they right. looked in some of the other things. But uh yeah, I'm, again, to me this movie is like it, obviously it's a Spider-Man movie, but it's not it's it's more about Peter Parker than it's about Spider-Man. So the action sequences weren't necessarily great, but I don't think they were necessarily the selling point either. Right, right. It's also funny to me because I feel like, you know, we talk about all the time about how Marvel's kind of, uh, I don't know if they invented, but they really nailed in on a superhero movie can no longer just be a superhero movie. Right. This is a great high school movie. Oh, totally. With, Absolutely. with a superhero element on the side. I, I tell you another thing uh, about this, you know, because I mean, Spider-Man is still Marvel's top hero. Yeah. All the MCU characters before him, they've done pretty on the nose, hey, we're going to do this as as close to how it was done in the comics as possible. This Spider-Man is very much, hey, I'm the Spider-Man that's reacting to being in this world. He's a different Spider-Man than the one in the other six Spider-Man right. movies. And I think that's good. Let me ask you guys a question. Does this, does this movie really seem like a phase three movie? Does it really seem as kind of like the, the afterthought uh, in game or no? I was going to, I was going to save this to spoilers, but definitely this is supposed to be the last, this is supposed to be the last one of this phase, right? Yeah. yeah. It 100% should have been the first one of the, the it's, it's very much living in the wake of Endgame. Right. And very much, even though it does it as a joke, I think sits up where things are going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's if you're going that direction, if that's what they're selling it as, like, you know, the, the I'm, I'm going to use a fancy word, the denouement from Endgame. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're like, you know, we, we've hit the climax mm-hmm. and we didn't necessarily have time to really reflect and come right. down from all of the shit that happened in Endgame. So this is like, Okay, we're really settling into the effects. Like the last 45 minutes of Return of the King. Yes. Um, uh, you know, also, the way they deal with the snap in this is perfect. 
it. Like, yes. Oh. Because it doesn't try to ignore it, but it just, it basically just makes sort of a joke of it, which yeah. leaves them to still do stuff with it later and take it seriously. I feel like we're really pushing the boundaries of spoilers. We here, do, we so are. So we I'm, just, I'm just going to say, let's just jump into spoilers, even though the shit that I want to get into isn't necessarily a spoiler, but right. from here on out, all spoilers is fine. Marvel recently, for the last couple of movies, has not been really into like the recap, right? right? Of like what's going on, putting you into context. They just assume that you fucking know. Right. Um, so they start this one out with, you know, a shitty high school PowerPoint montage of all the Avengers we've lost right. set to Whitney Houston's, uh, and I will always love you. Yeah, That's hilarious. I, I love that. It's amazing. And then the, you know, they do a brief thing of the, the blip, which is what we're calling the snap now right. that people have come back. And the bit they, the visual bit they do, <laughs> where it's like a high school auditorium during a basketball game. I fucking loved it. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. Where yeah. like half of the band like gets snapped away on on like yeah. in in on in the court, and then they cut to the the blip back where there's like another basketball game going on, and all the marching band people just appear on the court again, <laughs> and it's like fucking chaos. That's hilarious. It's, it's amazing. And you know, also that all the high school kids that disappeared are pissed because they disappeared halfway through the year and they've got to redo the whole year. Uh, right. Like, is such a high school feeling. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's why I feel like this movie is so, because they really yeah. do capture, like, high school. Um, also, I, I fucking love the face new cat newscast people. That was probably my favorite bit of the old movie. Yeah. And getting at least one of them into play in the story in this, I think, was a good move. As someone who doesn't usually like those kind of, like, recappy things, right. it was a great way to do right. it. Well, I, I will say, since we're talking spoilers, the... The turn on Jake Gyllenhaal is fucking great. Like, yeah, yeah. When he turns from being the good guy to who he really is, it's it's a different way of presenting Mysterio, but it's so on point to how Mysterio actually mm-hmm. actually debuts. It's great. And uh, one thing I like about the villains in these two movies, we kind of talked about earlier, you know, Spider-Man villains that are trapped in suits and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. A lot of Spider-Man villains are... Uh, a thing happened to me, and now I want revenge. Yeah. The two that they've had for these movies have both been guys that, hey, I've decided to do this. And I thought that, that's that's been a, a pretty cool like signature of these two movies. I hope, I'm going to hold out hope and say they stick with that and give me Craven the Hunter in number I, three. I was going to, when we got, I was going to say, I think Craven the Hunter is probably where they got to go. I know that. a lot of the spoilers for the film, so I know, you know, one of the end credits things. Mm. And, and I think Craven. I think Craven could work into that. Totally, absolutely. Yeah. So, getting into the Mysterio reveal. Uh, so, the the big reveal in the movie is that you know one Mysterio is evil and he has been lying to everyone. The elementals are are fake illusions, uh, and he's essentially created himself as a fake hero to gain influence. Which I think most brain people have have figured that <laughs> out from the uh, right. If you've listened to this podcast, we have we, yeah, posited yeah. that for a long time. Uh, but the. <laughs> The thing I, I, I like and dislike, I have mixed feelings about it, is they've turned Mysterio from like a single illusionist guy mm-hmm. who can do ridiculous things just because it's more interesting in the comics to a team of disgruntled, mostly former Stark people right. who are using their brains and technology to you know further their own influence and, and things that they want. Which, one, is the second direct Tony Stark villain that's been created in this Spider-Man universe. Yeah. Which is great. And two, is the second one where, you know, they're also kind of right. Again. Right, right, right. They're not as relatable as Vulture, but they definitely have a reason to be pissed. Yeah, their whole argument is that, you know, the only only way that people will fucking listen to you is if you put on a fucking suit and fly around and shoot laser beams out of your arms and shit. 
Um, I tell you what I do want from the next uh, Spider-Man villain. I want a villain who fucking names themselves. Sure. I'm sick of this shit where circumstance gives them the name. You that's know? that's Spider-Man fair. Spider-Man decided he was Spider-Man. If you're the fucking vulture, just say you're the vulture. Yeah. Well, I don't think they necessarily view themselves as super villains. Like, I don't... like. But whatever like, super yeah, person yeah, yeah, they yeah. are. Especially you know? in this particular case where it's clearly a PR game, you right. would have come up right. with a brand. It, that, yeah. that, that, was, that's that was one of the only holes I found in this. These are people who would have totally came up with a brand. Yeah. I will say, the, so I liked that element, one, because I, you know, I like the, the Tony Stark thing coming back. Oh, yeah, so it's Quentin Beck specifically is the one who created the... Uh, what is uh, it called? Il- well, it, well, that's the thing. Yeah. It's the illusory technology that, uh, that Tony Stark used at the very beginning of Civil War to reenact when mm-hmm. he was younger, when his parents were alive. He called it Barf. He called it Barf. Yeah, and yeah. that, to me, was also the most, like, OG comic book origin where right. I mean Quint- that's very true. Quentin Beck's supposed to be like disgruntled in general about like how this technology is being used right. and how these minds are being yeah. ignored, whatever. But specifically, he cites the fact that Tony Stark took my life's work and called it Barf. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. It's amazing. I and, fucking love that. And Jillian Hall sells that he does. really well. Yeah, yeah. he does. Ugh. I think Jillian Hall uses in this that he. I think he realizes that to some people he can kind of be disliked likable yeah and totally uh, totally plays into, into it, it. Yeah. yeah yeah god uh, uh, so i i liked i like the element of of i think that makes more sense for mysterious like in a real world i think right granted we're still really stretching the limits of even this world's logic mm. for the the plot you know how they're yeah constructing right. their scheme i mean it's really really complex to but, do this but thing. having uh having a team of people makes more sense than one person who doesn't actually have any powers doing all the shit by themselves that said it does to me a little bit take away from the power of you know mysterio as right. his own villain well I, I tell you one thing uh you know we haven't even mentioned the big MacGuffin in this, which is Tony Stark leaves him a pair of sunglasses. Peter a pair of sunglasses. Edith. Edith. That lets him control a satellite defense network full of drones that can basically do anything. It's, it's, it's like a, well, that and control pretty much every technology on the planet. Right. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, something I thought, I, I understand from a storytelling standpoint why they did it, but I feel like it should have been addressed is Peter no longer had an AI in his suit. Yeah. You know, and it made sense because the whole plot of this story is revolving around another AI he has. And if he had that AI, it might have been able to very easily tell him what he needed to do with this one. Sure. But um, I I wish that would have been addressed on some level. Uh, The the one thing that I I like uh, specifically about the Mysterio close to the end, last third, third act kind of thing. The the whole illusion thing in the warehouse where, you know, he gets picked up by Mysterio Nick right, Fury. Right, And, uh, like, I love that sequence. The illusion sequence is great. It's awesome. To be, to be fair, on a movie screen with the CG, it's still, like, I, you don't you don't fully grasp, I feel like, you know, the necessary weight of, like, where you're at to even understand how the illusions are confusing. Right. But your confusion kind of leans into Spider-Man's confusion, right. so it's fine. Well, and just the, you know, uh, I you know I have a touch touch of claustrophobia and yeah. just that he couldn't get out yeah. of it was really and they stressing and they go buck wild with it yeah. man like you do not know which way it's yeah. fucking up in this really so it's really good and then the fake like the, the fake outs are great like right. the, the fake out where Gyllenhaal you know gets shot by Nick Fury right oh, right I, I loved every fucking thing about it so um, speaking of Nick Fury before we find out what's up with him 
What did you think of Samuel L. in this movie? I'm not sure about it. Because the thing is, it seemed like, it seemed like, man, they're not doing this right with yeah. him. He's not this person. Yeah, that's, that's but very much makes, how it felt. makes sense later, but. Yeah, no, I, I was off on that for pretty much all right. the movie because he just, he does, he seems like a random yelly right. grump, toothless grump. <laughs> who can't fucking do anything. Right, right. Um, it is obviously very gullible. Like, Samuel Jackson would have definitely said, bitch, you've been to space. Yeah. But Nick Fury, that seemed very, like, familiar. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? So, no, I, I like I like that twist, even if I, you know, would like Nick Fury to be in this movie. Right, right, right. Christian, what would you like to cover? You look like well, you the two... <laughs> something to say about a movie you haven't seen. Nothing. I have nothing. I mean, of course, the... The two end credits are the two things. We will save those for the very end. Okay. Damn it. Then I'm just going to sit back and relax. That's perfectly fine. I like the fact that at the, at the end sequence again, where, where we're fighting the illusions, we're fighting Mysterio in the hallway. You know, the, the, the main saving grace here is we got to use the Peter tingle, (laughs) which is a great gag. That, that is a great gag. Uh, you know, it's funny that they went from in the last movie, we weren't even sure he had a spider sense. Right. To this one, it was the best running gag in the movie. It was, and I, I like the fact that like it was used as an essential element of, of the plot to oh, end yeah. the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's totally how he achieves victory. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, again, brutal fake out illusion of, right. of Jake Gyllenhaal dying and, and for, for you who haven't yeah. seen it he pretends to get shot and die on, on the floor and is like doing a monologue but in reality is holding a gun to Spider-Man's head right next to him and his spider sense is what tells him holy shit something's not right dang uh, yeah it's fucking like whoa yeah. and I you know I, I also like the how once he has a hold of him how handily Spider-Man deals with him because yeah. again he's just a fucking he's dude he's just a dude yeah. he's not even like you know, I thought some of the illusiony things where he's flying around, he's like doing some of that right. shit, but a lot of it is like CGI, you know. Yeah. So like, I don't even know if he's a particularly like, uh, you know, nimble dude. <laughs> I also think it was great because a lot of the CGI of the elementals looked really CGI. Yeah. So that kind of worked in the story. Sure. Um. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know what else to to hit on. Again, I think, I think so much of it is we're talking about Jake Gyllenhaal and Mysterio, and I do think that's the most interesting part of it outside of the the. Peter Parker story, but it is so much of a high school thing well, about good. I, I will say that one thing I, I wanted to hit on was that, you know, again, the sort of responsibility turn, even though they didn't, you know, there wasn't a part where he stopped and said, Uncle Ben taught me that. Yeah. You know, they just, they refuse to say with a re- great power comes great responsibility. Which I'm, I'm totally into. I think the Tobey Maguire movies hit these moments right. a little too hard. Right. Probably. A little too on the nose. Um, so, but I mean, there is definitely that turn in this. He wants to get away from being Spider-Man in this. He wants to be a kid. And when he realizes that uh, Jake Gyllenhaal has duped him to take the MacGuffin, he realizes, oh shit, I can't get away with this. This is my responsibility. He just doesn't fucking say it. And I think that's better. Yeah. Uh, so before we keep going, yeah. uh, just better than Homecoming? I don't think it's better than Homecoming. See, I liked it better than Homecoming, mostly because I thought that the sporting cast got a lot better. Yeah, like for instance, the kid who plays Flash Thompson. I was not on board yeah. with him in the first movie. Also, I was totally on what board. What the fuck it. is going on with him in his life? Right. At least yeah. we made two very conspicuous scenes that something is not right in his home life. I feel like that might be something like maybe we end up with a supervillain out of that. No, hundred percent no, that's yeah. definitely what it feels like. Yeah. There's there's a scene where uh 
where Peter can see everybody's cell phone text messages, and the one for Flash is like he's texting his parents, being like, I haven't heard from you guys this whole time. Is everything okay? Or something like that. And then there's like a whole fucking 10-second scene devoted to when they get back. He's getting picked up by a chauffeur, and he's like, could mother not make it? And the chauffeur just like very dourly is like shaking his head. And there's like, there's something fucking going on there. It, mm. it definitely... Because it makes you feel bad for Flash, which yeah. you really didn't want to do. And I, I mean, think, I like Flash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, you would. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, there's there's something going on there. Yeah, he's um, actually Harry Osborn. Yeah, I mean, I I could very well see maybe they try to do like in Spider Verse, where maybe Doc Ock's a lady. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, the the only other joke that I, I really I liked the Black Dahlia joke the first time, right? But the second time really landed for me. <laughs> right, that one cl- cracked me up because of the murders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's that's all I got. We want to go into the end credits. Yeah, scenes? let's go ahead and go to the end credits. All right, so this was this was the fucking like the turn. Like this was the thing in the movie for me. The first end credit sequence. I would I would say honestly, this one. Just its ending is a fake out because the real ending to the movie yeah. is the end credit scene. Like there's a happy ending when the credits start, but that's not the end. And then of this movie. the first end credit scene takes place immediately after yeah. that scene. Yeah. And credit to Ian for not fucking busting us right. last week when we were talking about this specific thing. Right. And he did not right. kept his mouth fucking shut, right. which I am firmly applaud. Uh, but the big reveal in this one is that uh, Peter Parker gets outed as Spider-Man, right. as Mysterio's, like, dying. I put dying in quotations because yeah, it's because Mysterio. that is a faked death. Uh, Mysterio's uh, death, dying thing, is that he reveals Peter Parker's identity, and the person revealing that identity is J. Jonah Jameson, played by none other than... Uh, J.K. Simmons. Simmons. Fucking J.K. Simmons! Man, here's the thing. When when Ian... Okay, when Ian said that... Uh, that he, you know, when he said you guys are gonna like the end credit scene, he said particularly hurt. You're gonna like it. Yeah. I was like, it's got to have something to do with J. Jonah Jameson because my big problem with like the last, you know, like four, four Spider-Man yeah. movies was no J. Jonah Jameson. I think he is an essential component to to Spider-Man. Uh, but in my wildest dreams, I didn't think I would get J.K. back, and that was so fucking right. Like it was just, it, it it's it's. It's such a smart thing for Marvel to do to realize we're not going to get anybody better to do this. Yeah. So let's just bring the old guy. Back. Again, credit to I literally last week said casting of the century, and he didn't say a fucking thing. Right, right. I, as soon as you said it on there, I and I listened to it, I immediately listened. Yeah, fucking happened twice. That's <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> why you read the spoilers, you yeah. fucking yeah. Piece Well, of shit. I didn't read the spoilers. That's the one thing I text you guys. I uh, When the reviews had first started coming out, I went to read a review, and I clicked the link, and... Fucking the first comment. Oh no! Was yeah, and J.K.'s back is J. Jonah, and yeah. I'm like, well, fuck you guys. Anybody who's like that, I hope they fucking die on Christmas so their <laughs> family is extra sad. Because I really don't care about any, you know, the Mysterio twist or that. I saw that coming a mile yeah, away. Yeah. Like that's, but that is something I had no idea. And we want a fucking entertainment podcast. Like I, I, there are no spoilers for me. That one I would have experienced yeah. in like real time. Right. And I, it would have made my life. I, I mean, it made my life. It also made and my life. Even the thing where they kind of turned him into Alex Jones instead of being a newspaper editor, yeah. that's usually the kind of shit that annoys me. But I, I loved it. It was fucking right. I mean, yeah. it's kind of on brand yeah, for the no, character. No, it is totally. That would be what they... And I think, I'm not really sure, but I think in comics after Jay Jonah's mayor, he does that for a while. Um, so... 
Yeah, well, it's funny you say that because, you know, I was just sitting at a table at work with two jerks I've never met just right. talking about Spider-Man behind me. And one of them's like, hey, yeah, watch that Spider-Man movie. And I didn't realize that J. Jonah Jameson is pretty much just Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and as far as the outing goes, like, I, I would be really interested what they're going to do with that. Because on the one hand, of all superheroes, the three most popular superheroes of all time, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, are also the three that their secret identity is most important to their story. Like, if you take Captain America, for example, him being Steve Rogers is important, but... Steve Rogers being a secret is not really like I can't think of a Captain America story where that element was essential. Yeah, other than like Civil War, right? right the right. general premises. But in the Marvel universe or Marvel Cinematic Universe, secret identities haven't really been a thing from the mm-hmm. beginning. Yeah. So Spider-Man comes in, it's really important to his story, but now he's been outed. Is it going to be a thing where we try to find a way to put it back in the jar or are we just going to go with this? Is he going to be outed from now on? Well, it's like we were talking about, you know, we were talking about the Craven thing. Right. Like, I think it actually like sets up like the hunt yeah, really right, totally. well. That would be amazing. Because now what, what is he going to do? Does he go on the run and is someone tasked to go get him? And right. How hard is it for him to hide out and be, well, I think there's a lot of potential there. Well, you brought up Civil War and it's funny because I really think that these movies have hit on a lot of the Spider-Man story from that era mm-hmm. just transposed onto High school Peter Parker. Yep. Taking on Tony Stark as a mentor, you know, getting his identity out in the public, that sort of thing. So I don't really know where I was going with that, but I I, I will be interested because I also think that, you know, it could be Craven or also now that we've reintroduced JJ, now we might be saying, okay, now's when we start doing our version of shit that already is done. Because having Spider-Man's identity out there could very easy bring Norman Osborn and Octavius into the mix. Mm-hmm. They could very well see, hey, that guy got bit by a spider that was part of a project that we were working on. We wouldn't have known who it was before, but now we can research that that fucking kid came to a, a high school trip at our lab. Yeah. You know? I, you know, I wasn't here last week. Spider-Man 2 is my favorite Spider-Man film. Right. And Alfred Molina as Otto is one of the best castings yeah, ever. Yeah, right. And uh, but I still desperately want to see Doc Ock back on screen. Yeah, yeah. I do too. He's he's my favorite Spider-Man. Yeah, villain. he's up there for me. Even the like uh, Superior Spider-Man stuff, like it was kind of shaky ground to begin with. Right. But I thought like Otto kind of no, Otto was funny. That was great. That was, yeah, that was one of the better modern runs of Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and plus, you know, this Spider-Man who's actually funny would be great fighting Dr. Octopus. Yeah, a lot you know? of quips, a lot uh-huh, of bits. Yeah. That could be, and Tom Holland could deliver it great. Yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, yeah, th- th- that totally, the JK reveal totally made my life, made me super, like, it, it was immediately like, why can't I see this movie fucking tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the second end credit sequence is the one where we find out that Nick Fury and Maria Hill have been scrolls this whole time, and Nick Fury is chilling out on the fucking space base where right. the scrolls have been living. Right. Which looks like it's being turned into, you know, well, it's a shield thing, but I guess sword is the space thingy? Right. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize they had introduced sword into it. Well, they didn't officially. Mm. Well, one of the reasons I, I felt like this should have been the beginning of the next phase is it asks a lot of questions about, okay, we're in this world where there's no longer Avengers. What went, What happens when shit we need the Avengers for shows up? And I think this might have been like our first sign of what we're going to that. Maybe Nick Fury's going to space to try to find, try to recruit new help or mm. something. But, uh, you know, I do wonder... Hashtag Nova. Uh, man, me and you, so on board for Nova. <laughs> it's just us. Yeah. Uh, 
I do wonder, A, how long that uh, Nick Fury has been, uh, you know, a scroll. Sure. Like, I'm assuming it's been since he came back from the snap, but I don't yeah. know. And where is the real Maria Hill? Because we never find out yeah. where she is. I think that both of these things are going to be part of the story going forward. I, I, I honestly think that maybe we're leading towards the new Avengers, you know? Yeah. It won't be exactly, you know, the new Avengers for comics, but it's going to be a thing where Spider-Man is an active member. Maybe that's how we introduce Wolverine. He first shows up in an Avengers movie. I just can't see Sony moving forward. I know I know. there's a lot of you know idea that Sony keeps making these, all this money on these Spider-Man movies, right. and they're eventually going to pull them from Marvel, but you're making all this money because you're team up with Marvel. You can't take him back. I, I really think they're probably going to be fine if they can do this animated thing that they're doing on yeah. both of the TV series and the Spider-Verse and keep making Venom movies particularly if maybe Tom Holland will show up in one of the Venom movies, I think they're going to be fine. Yeah. You know, uh, and yeah, and I mean, the first the first thing you see when these movies start is the Sony logo. It's not like they're not making yeah. money off Pretty sure they make all the money off of I the think so too. Yeah, solo yeah. Spider-Man films. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's a win-win scenario. Right. It's worked out so well. It, it's just hard to see it going away. You're right. If, if you can get Tom Holland in Venom, right. that just solves all the problems. I, I mean... I think maybe as a group, these two are my favorite Spider-Man movies as far as everything clicking together. Yeah, you, yeah. Know? you know, we just talked about the the Sam Raimi ones, and I definitely like those for their time and how Spider-Man-y they are. And I really like the casting and the romance in the in the Andrew Garfield ones. Yeah. But this one, these two, I think particularly with this one, land it all the most. Yeah, I haven't, of course, I haven't seen Far From Home yet, but I'm a big fan of what we've seen, you right. know, of, of, from Tom Holland and, and Spider-Man. I, I love the Sam Raimi movies. By the way, great pitch on Spider-Man 3. Thanks. I, I told Joseph, I'm going to have to watch it again. <laughs> Jay, you convinced me. I do think I have a more positive opinion of Amazing Spider-Man, both of them, than most people do. Right. I think they're cast well. Um, I, I actually think there are great Spider-Man moments yeah, in those totally. movies. Jamie Foxx's Electro is awful, but that fight in Times Square, and he's like fucking webbing through electric bolts and shit like that, that's straight out of like a comic book. I remember specifically you saying this after watching this movie, that that movie was one-third the best Spider-Man yeah. movie and two-thirds the worst, and I thought that was pretty spot on. Yeah, I still believe that. Yeah. And, and But there's just there's just things that both of those series, they, they get a lot right and then they get a lot wrong. Right. And this, these, they just got it figured out. Like, I, I think honestly, what this does the best is just make Spider-Man really likable, yeah. and that's the most important thing. You've got to be on his side, even when it's he's being an odd thing ass. too, because he's, he might be the least likable character in the other five movies. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are not likable in those films. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's what I remember. What I was going to say that felt important to me because I know you guys uh, when you were pitching Nova right. as, a, as a property were like, he's the real everyman. I know Peter Parker's always told his everyman. Right. But there's nothing every man about him in this movie because right. he is a super genius. Right. Uh, and he should be. He should be, yeah. Yeah, no, he should be. And he's he's a good looking guy, pretty handsome right. face. Yeah. Uh, he can talk to people. Great. You know, he's a little awkward, but he's in high school. And, you know, dude's got like eight pack abs. What am I supposed to identify in that guy? Right. Well, and, you know, the, the idea that, oh, Spider Man's a geek who just everybody hated and stuff. That's really like the first three or four issues of Spider-Man. It very quickly becomes 
Flash and J. Jonah treat him like shit, and everybody thinks, oh, those guys are kind of assholes. <laughs> like, you know, like the main thing that everybody's always pissed about Spider, about Peter Parker about, is he's always late to shit or not showing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. not something you do to someone you don't like, <laughs> you know. So, we good? Put this one to bed? I think we can put this one to bed. Yeah. Better than Transformers. Fuck yeah. yeah. I, I, I really want to watch it again. I probably won't see it in theaters, but... Oh, god damn, that sucks. Yeah. Children, they ruin well, your life. if I'm going to see one movie in theaters this month, it's probably going to be Lion King. You do realize that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood comes out this month, right? Fuck. Tell that to my kid that was oh, born that's a week true. ago. Your I mean, kids are probably not going <laughs> to enjoy that. No. I mean, your kid that was born a week ago, you know, won't remember if you just like, you know. Oh, I may little, take it. Little, little, little earmuffs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, feel, I, I feel like if you, even if you can get them to accept Sharon Tate as Disney princess, they're not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, a good, good note times. to end up. Yeah. So that's it for, uh, for Spider-Man. Uh, usually this is where we do our what, what we're watching phase but since uh i'm gonna be out of town next week i think we might do uh some kind of mini-sode of of some of the big things that we've been watching mostly netflix related join us next week for that but thank you guys for listening please like subscribe and tell your friends uh, if you want to get in touch with us you can reach us at real phonies at gmail.com you can also follow us on facebook and twitter at real phonies on instagram at real underscore phonies thanks to zach evans for art and brian velasquez for our theme we'll see you guys later later